Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. That's right, it's time for another thrilling episode of... Pearl Mania 500. Uh, he figured out the echo. Everybody. I figured out the echo <laughs> button, everybody. Yeah. We are doomed. This is the weekly husband and wife podcast where we lure dump all over each other. Ugh. And never once have we ever had a guest. And we're not <laughs> beginning now. Nope. So with that, let's go ahead and hit our theme song. Take it away. Theme song. There's a place where you can stay when the world gets too insane. Yeah, when the world gets too inane, tune in to Promania. Brony talks and pony jars and saying that Sonic, that Sonic raised ya. Fitness scams and grifters damn and various other miscellaneous. Where's this place where you can stay to let those Bromans save ya? Promania. Pearlmania, Pearlmania, 500. Take it away, Pearlmans. <laughs> and remember to smile. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. That's right. His name was Dusk is in studio today, playing live. Yeah, we got him live here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh my good friend, his name was Dusk, is here. Yeah. And uh in studio. In studio. He actually has finally been able to see what the studio looks like yes. and go, oh, that's how you do that? <laughs> yeah. I should really studio mix things different. Studio is a strong word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Long time listener. First time, First time guest. guest. You know, I've been, we've been running into that. We have more and more of our friends who listen to the podcast yeah. regularly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when we're hanging out with them. We'll notice that they're just smiling and looking at the two of us. And I'm like... This is just an episode for you. You're, this is this is your solo episode. 
Yeah. Yeah. Witnessing yeah. the I've live spoke, arguments. I've spoken to the two of you on the phone a couple times, like together mm. where you were on speakerphone. Yeah. yeah. And you go into podcast <laughs> mode. So I think that maybe it's not that your friends are like looking at, like they're smiling at each other. Like, are you also seeing that they're like in <laughs> podcast mode or something? Wait, are we in podcast mode or is, do we always just behave as though there's a podcast microphone nearby? I, that I, is fair. I <laughs> think valid. since day one. I think that we, you know, I believe that the two of us in our marriage, mm-hmm. uh, we do often react as if there was a studio audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, nearby, yeah, like very closely by. <laughs> so, uh, with that, okay, uh-huh. uh, I have to hit uh, one of these buttons real fast. Hey, huh? Let's meet our team leaders. Is That's it weird gotta, hearing your own voice? It is a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because I listen to the podcast. Yeah. It's always a little weird. Yeah. yeah. Did you get a little tinge though where you're like, oh my God, I'm here for the hey huns. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so we do have a lot of hey huns. We got about 12, 13 this week. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and start off by reading them down. You can feel free. She's going to say hey hun and give the shout outs. Feel free to also chime in whatever you want there. Yeah, oh, if you hear a cool like name. a little musical like like a note or two when she's saying hey hun. Yeah, yeah, I mean if you wanna you wanna do that with yeah. the guitar. Let's go. Okay, well that means I gotta go switch back over here. This is now you make you're adding a lot of technical difficulties for me. Um well, that's okay, you're a professional. I'm, yeah, this is your job. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Up first we have Sam. Hey hun <laughs> After that we have Michaela of the Louisiana persuasion. Hey Michaela Okay, that that I need you to bring that up a little bit. Yeah. Louder? Just, uh, no, just like we're excited, like, we're happy. Like an emotion. Here, let me. This is this is the noise I usually hear uh, after that, right? <laughs> can you can you, you want me to you, air okay. horn on a guitar? Uh, do you want me to do air horn? I on want a you guitar? to do emotionally the equivalent of an air horn. After that, we have we have this is a long name. After that, we have members of the Satanic Temple are actually trolling Christians. Yeah, hey on. <laughs> After that, <laughs> after that, we have Jasmine Elizabeth. Hey, Jasmine. Hey, hon. After that, we have Entertainment 720. Hey, hon. Yeah. Oh. Hey, let's go. I mean, Parks and Rec all day. There we go. After that, we have Alexander Ammerman. Hey, Alexander. I like that. Hey, hon. That's almost like that's almost like a me. That's like reverse me. Yeah. After that, we have Elizabeth Hollywood. Oh, Bethy Hollywood. Hey, hon. I like that one. That was a good one. That was a good okay. one. They're all getting different ones. That's well, we appreciate that. Yeah, a reaction all the to huns the, are different. Yeah, some of the, a lot of these are actually team leaders. After that, we have Becca Brown. Becca Brown, what's good? After that, we have. I knew someone named Rebecca Brown. Well, this isn't Rebecca Brown. This is Becca Brown. What if it's actually Rebecca Brown? I don't know. Well, she she's Becca Brown now. Wow. I hope it's her. Hey, girl. <laughs> Not even a hun. Just hey, girl. <laughs> she knows. After that, we have Ray Washington. Hey, hon. She knows, like, hey, girl is a real inside mm-hmm. joke. I have to actually... Mm-hmm. You I had to click wait, on it? I had to click and wait for this one to come up. After that, we have Emily does not have a cool name. Emily, that's false. Emily is a cool name. Everyone I know named Emily is cool. Yeah, but that's what she went hey, for hun. the full name is Emily does not have a cool name. After that, we have right meow. Right meow? Meow. Right meow? Right meow. Hey, hun. That's the right meow noise? That's the right meow noise. Okay. After that, we have Village Sea Witch. Hey, girl. (laughs) 
<laughs> I like that one a lot. I like a village sea witch. You know when we when when his name is Dusk and I mm-hmm. used to play the Dungeons and Dragons together. Mm-hmm. I had a whole thing with a sea hag. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. What was yep. the thing? A romance? I don't know that. Do you want to? No, I don't want to go into detail. <laughs> I was okay. I was DMing and I was writing the story, and there was a whole side excursion mm-hmm. involving a sea hag mm-hmm. that got real deep. Oh, uh, real weird. Okay, a lot of essences stolen. Was this during the pandemic? Yes. Okay, that yes. was a weird time for Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, it really was. Zoom calls were getting real weird in our living room. Yeah, now. they were like yeah. four and a half hour Zoom calls. I know, with like a ton of prep. I, listen, the whole dining room table was staged. I remember. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it, what the guests would or the listeners. Is it the listener? Yeah, listeners. What I, the what you think that Perlman would do as a DM, <laughs> but I will tell you, there was much more prep than you expected. Mm-hmm. A lot it, of homework. A it lot. Was, and but and, and it was crazy too because I would do all that prep and then still improv like three quarters <laughs> of it. Three quarters was just like. All right, well, now you guys are at a magical truck stop. And you're like, well, what's it called? I was like, holy shit. I guess I got to think that <laughs> right. one up. That reminds me. I want to finish watching the Drag Queen Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, we'll get back onto that. Okay, because we have one last Hey Han. Let's oh. go. You guys ready for it? Yeah. You have a good sound queued up in your head. The All best right, sound. The this last the, one. This is the last one. Sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Okay, ready? It is, I want a power chord. That's what I was, I was okay. thinking the same thing. Right, I'm going to say the name. She's going to react. You're going to do the power chord. You ready for okay. it? Because our last Hey Hun for this week is Macho Man Randy Average. Hey Hun! That was powerful chords from His Name Was Dusk. As you guys know, if you want to hear more of his music, always, like always, check our show notes. And if you want to join the Hey Hun Army, and just be one of those, if you want to be a true blue Patreon Pearl Maniac, Go Pearlmaniacs, yeah. I love that name. You can go to patreon.com slash Pearlmania500 or... And thank you to everybody that support us. Or uh, alexisanerd.com. Alexisanerd.com. Either yeah. one of them works. Really uh, good website. Yeah, you are actually one of our patrons. Yeah, I am. Which, I am. Is, which is wild. This, I'm living the dream. <laughs> I'm living the dream. Yep. Yeah. This is not to imply that all Patreons get to come no. onto the podcast. No. We in can't fact, do that. I used to live with this man and he was the best man at my wedding. So. That's yeah. not Different. how I heard <laughs> So with that... Uh, this week will be my topic. So oh. we are going to take a quick break. Okay. We are going to play a bumper yep. by this artist you may have heard of. Mm-hmm. His name mm-hmm. was Dusk. Yep. Uh, and then when we come back, I'm going to tell you guys all about the mystery cult behind Sleepy Time Tea. The beverage? Yep. Nice. All right, we're back. We're here. We are here. It's cool to see you do the 500. Yeah, it was me realizing I had the mics turned all the way off right before that moment. Uh, Anyway, we are back, and uh, we have His Name Was Dusk, as everybody already knows. Yep. Yep. Uh, We just took a pause to feed all the pets, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and now we're here to talk about Sleepy Time Tea, 
yeah. and the magic mystery cult that's behind it. I went downstairs and checked the cabinets. I don't have sleepy time tea, but I have celestial seasonings peppermint. Yes, and that's what I was going to get into. Sleepy time tea, for those of you guys who know it, it's it's a herbal tea mm-hmm. that helps people sleep. It's made of chamomile plus some other herbs that are in there. You drink it. You're supposed to feel a little bit more tired. It's got a cute little teddy bear sleeping next to a fireplace on it. Yeah, it's an iconic image actually mm-hmm. on there. That's what their actual website says. Yeah. I went to Celestial Seasonings, which is the parent company. Yep. Oh. And I looked them up and it says on their website that they make 105 different tea varieties. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They make 1.6 billion cups of tea per year. Okay. They're not making them though. No, but that's what they say where they sell is okay. 1.6. Right. Now, because I mean, reality, let's I'm face it, it. How many people actually finish a full box right. between many? moving apartments? Because every time we moved apartments, <laughs> I swear we probably threw out about... Five or six boxes of tea. Yeah. One thing that is also pretty big with uh, the Celestial Seasonings ones in general is as I'm opening the bag for uh, his name is Dustin No C. string. No string. Yeah. No strings That's attached. That's why I like them. Okay. No strings attached. Okay. That's why I like uh, them. Yeah. And one of the reasons they said is because it saves 3.5 million uh, pounds of extra landfill stuff oh. is one of their claims. I didn't know that. Yeah. I just don't like the strings. You don't like the strings. Not a fan. You because you just say like, I can scoop it out myself. Yeah. I like the strings. I usually just leave it in there. I know because you're a little you're a weird little freak. <laughs> a oh. little goblin. <laughs> yeah. Uh but one of like tying the string to the I know you wrap handle, it around you wrap it around. Yeah and yeah. you squeeze it yeah. you get that little extra bit of tea out. that's what I like about yeah. the string. I, I like I like to squeeze it with the spoon. Now oh, here, this is the classy. web this yeah. is the history directly from uh celestial seasonings website okay so super we're allowed to believe this or no i'm telling you i'm just telling you this is where it comes from. okay all right in 1969 one of the celestial seasonings founders mo siegel handpicked wild herbs from the rocky mountains in colorado and used them to make their first tea in the following years he sold mo's 36 and 24 herb teas to local health food stores eventually selling them in hand hand sewn muslin bags it was in those early years that the company began creating and defining the herbal tea category. By 1972, two of their flagship blends were introduced, Red Zinger and Sleepy Time. These innovative blends and their popularity helped turn their cottage industry into a near overnight success. Today, Celestial Seasoning serves more than 1.6 billion cups of tea a year, their product base expanded to include lines for not only herbal tea, but green tea, black tea, wellness tea, cold brew, iced tea, and the ingredients, over 100 of them, are sourced from over 35 countries. Though they've grown so much since they first started out picking wild herbs in the Rockies, they are still driven by that same entrepreneurial spirit and passion for making tea that's good for people and the planet. I don't believe any of that. So, you want me to believe a guy named Mo was walking through the Colorado mountains picking herbs? The Mo Siegel. A guy named Mo. Hand yeah, picking M-O. Herbs. Hand picking herbs. And hand stitching the bag. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. It's like, oh, hey, I spent four hours yes. on this tea that will take you less time to drink. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's what he claims. Is okay. That was the original claim. This is... And, and, no. And we were already talking about a little bit that I mentioned in there. Sleepy Time is mm-hmm. their most famous. Yeah. Red Zinger. I like yeah. that one. I like Lemon Zinger better. Yep. 
Uh, Mint Magic. Love that one. Tension Tamer. Not a big fan of that one. Uh, well, I pulled them up just because on their website, they're like, these are the iconic artworks. Yeah. You know, and that's They the, used to give out tins. Yep. They used to get like a little tin if you got the right box, and then you could store your teas in the tin. Yep. Right. Listen, so, I've been drinking this a long time. <laughs> so this, uh, so what I read you at first mm-hmm. is the official website description of the company. Propaganda. Now, this is, <sighs> this is more of the... The, the more dr- drilled down version. Okay. Um, so Celestial Seasonings uh, was founded by Mo Siegel, Peggy Clute, Wick Hay, Lucinda Zysik. They sound like fake names. I'm sorry, Every single Mo, one of them. Peggy like- and Zick. Is that what you're saying to me? Mo, Peggy, Wick, and Lucinda. Lucinda? Like, yes. They sound like someone was like, and you, who else is in this company with you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Lucinda. They started the company in mm-hmm. 1969. And they basically walked around the mountains of the Rocky Mountains near mm-hmm. Boulder, Colorado, okay. and just picked herbs and flowers and just started selling them in local hippie health food stores. But they didn't own the land. They were just free range stealing herbs from other people's property. I didn't see any clarification of that. It sounds like they were kind of walking along trails and just when they saw, you know, on the side of a mountain, mm-hmm. um, you know, they saw wildflowers, they saw wild herbs, they were able to forage them mm-hmm. yeah. and they would get a collection of them. And then they would sell those to local health food stores. Wow. I'm going to be a raging capitalist in this episode yes. and say, I'm sorry. Yes. Do you have rights to those herbs? So, you just walk around stealing herbs? Also, so, this is like how 90% of fairy tales start where a witch <laughs> ends up throwing you in an oven. <laughs> yeah. yeah it kind of is. Sure. Oh, you were just picking flowers on my property? Yeah. Picking herbs on my property. I'm yeah. sorry. What about my property rights? Uh-huh. Yeah. So they're Mo. walking. Yeah. So Mo, <laughs> Mo Siegel is walking around in the woods in 1969. He's picking stuff. And like you said that, that earlier, that he would create these blends. Yeah. So they didn't have the cool names yet. Mm-hmm. They just had, it was Mo 36. Like Mo's, Heinz. Yeah, kind like of Heinz. like that. Basically, yeah. 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 Um, so in the 1970s, uh, Wick Hay's brother joined. That's John Hay. And Beth Underwood also joined the company. Mm-hmm. And they soon started creating their herbal tea blends that they became famous for, specifically Sleepy Time and Red Zinger. They moved to larger headquarters a couple times. And by 1977, the company was large enough that they began doing international sales. Okay. So from 1969, 1977, eight years, they have massive growth because this is also during the time when health food stores mm-hmm. start to become bigger and bigger. So right. you have like that growth, especially in San Francisco and basically the whole seventies of people starting to become more health conscious yeah. and they're really pushing the herbal teas. Mm. This isn't, this isn't your dad's tea, right? This isn't the type we threw in the Boston no Harbor. No caffeine. That's a big part of it is no caffeine. Yeah. It's supposed to be healthier. In 1984, the company was sold to Kraft Foods. Okay, see? Yep. Kraft All Foods right. uh, bought the company, and Mo Siegel retired two years later in 1986. In 1987, Kraft announced that they would sell Celestial Seasoning to Lipton Teas. <gasps> That's right. Dun, Big dun, tea, dun. baby. Uh-huh. Yeah, Lipton Teas w- uh, was going to buy Kraft. Lipton Monopoly. But here's the thing. Uh-oh. I don't know if you guys know this. I don't. In the 80s, we had this whole, like, antitrust law thing oh right and they actually de- another tea company was like you can't do this yeah uh-huh. you'll own all teas yep so bigelow teas yep okay who, they make earl gray and a bunch yep. of they have a bunch of 
If you go to your tea aisle, if you're listening to this in a grocery store, go to the tea aisle and look around. You're going to okay, see three names. we know names. who Bigelow is. I have some downstairs, too. Well, you and I know. Do you know who Bigelow is? Of course. Is? Okay, well, I'm, I'm... Our listeners know that Bigelow tea makes a nice, strong Earl Grey. Okay, so Bigelow sued... Or and like they a challenged Irish, like a Irish breakfast. Ooh, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, so they all sued, and Kraft was not allowed to do the merger. Nice. So then Kraft was like, "Well, if we can't merge them, then I don't fucking want them." So <gasps> they resold it back to local management. Okay. And in 1991, Mo Siegel returned to Celestial Seasonings. Did he buy it back for less? I didn't see the numbers. Ah. I didn't see the numbers on that. Now it doesn't sound I was, like Mo I himself to know the same thing. <laughs> I know. I did. I looked. I, did I look. told you I'm going full Ferengi this episode. What was his profit margin? I on feel this like scenario? a little bit though. Like they were like, "Who are we going to sell it to?" And then they like Who looked out into their field, and Mo was just, just collecting <laughs> in their field. It's like Mo, we've told you, you can't. You can't be on the property, Mo. I, I like, actually. Are you still into the company? Like, if you want to, <laughs> I like how in your version, Mo is just like gleefully outside, an old man just uh-huh. picking flowers. <laughs> yeah. When you said and they looked outside, and Mo, I pictured him just standing there, like. <laughs> Just standing there looking like, yeah. you're going to let me back in to my herbs. So anyway, 1991, Mo returns. It's the same, you know, the local managers and everything is taken yeah. back over. Back to Slowly, the, the original people also, you know, they start retiring. They're getting older. Um, in 2000, Celestial Seasonings merged with the Hain Food Group, H-A-I-N. Mm-hmm. Uh, they became Hain Celestial Group. Okay. Uh, and then Mo finally formally retires Completely in 2002. Today, Hain Celestial generates $2.1 billion in revenue. It is one of the leading in the health food, organic food markets. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is listed on the NASDAQ stock exchange as Hain, H-A-I-N. And it's currently being sold for $11.86 a share as of 4 p.m. on Friday, August 4th, 2023. That's pretty specific information. Yeah, yeah what do you um, think? Is that a buy or a not buy? That's they, what we hold? listen. Is that a hold? They, that's why I listen. They <laughs> did have a... stock they, they did go through a lawsuit uh, in the 2000s dealing with the organic branding on Ooh. things oh. and did have to... They did. There were some settlements reached eventually with the federal government, but that was kind of across the health food sector in general mm-hmm. of what is and isn't organic versus healthy and blah, 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 blah. But that's it. Uh, no cult stuff whatsoever. It's just a health food company that sells herbal teas without caffeine. So this is, a, this, is a, this is a short episode. Good End episode. of episode? Yep. That's weird because usually now. we talk about like cults or scammers or yeah. grifters. Yeah. I mean, they, there, there was this one little weird thing about this thing called the Arantia book, but like we don't need to go into that. Well, that sounds cool. The Arantia book? Is it what yeah. kind, of, kind of book are we talking about? Is it a book club kind of book? Uh, it's Okay, so it's a 2,000-page text mm-hmm. that is made up of 196 papers. They're divided into four separate parts that lay out the history of the universe, science, philosophy, and the missing teenage years of Jesus Christ that were explained through a sleeping man who was channeling the voice of aliens to a series of anonymous forum members back in the 1920s that created a secret society known as the Urantia Foundation. So just like regular tea stuff. Just regular yeah, tea, tea stuff. stuff. So yeah, there's, yeah. No, there's no cult should stuff. Should I boil some water? Yeah, you should boil some water. Let's make some, what do we got Pepper. here? I am Peppermint. a little curious though. You said 196 different types of paper? Yeah, 100, no, it's not types of paper. <laughs> oh. It's 196 <laughs> papers. So like oh, the way like a okay. scientific paper exists, mm-hmm. these sure, are put sure. together in a 2000 page. I don't want to say the word because you're not supposed to say the word. Yeah. It sounds a bit like uh, Scientology. 
You know, it's it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because it's actually so. I guess I should just get into it, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like I need to know. Okay. So are you guys, let me, I got to give you, are you guys familiar what a Seventh-day Adventist is? I've Fakely, heard of them, but yeah. like I don't know so Okay. Much. So, all right. This is this is the kind of part that's annoying. Um, so the Seventh-day Adventists, they were an 1800s uh, religious movement, okay. mainly in the upper Midwest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was founded by this husband and wife duo, and they believed in apocalyptic, Christianity, okay, but also that the Advent. Um, did they have a podcast about it? They did not. Um, <laughs> they did have a series of tent speaking revival uh, things, that's which is similar that's to a heading. podcast. That's where we're heading, I think. Um, but basically, How, when, what year was that? Okay. Uh, this is like I'm just going to say like around the 1850s okay. uh, because it's really the one leader lived till 1915. Okay, but basically, so they every would have had a podcast. Oh, 100. <laughs> percent Okay, no, they 100. Yeah, For they sure. just happened to create their religious movement. Before uh, they invented a sound recording, true. Mm, so that was the one. That was the and only thing keeping. Fresh. Yeah, it was the only thing holding yeah. them back. Um, Squarespace, you know, all those Blue things <laughs> weren't around. Yeah, um, but anyway, they, the Seventh Day Adventist movement. When you go back to a certain level, so you have like the Mormon splinter of mm-hmm. cults. Yep, where you get that whole thing. The Seventh Day Adventists are also another splinter. And they believe in like this very heavy form of apocalypse uh, belief. Mm-hmm. They also believe that the Sabbath is Saturday. Okay. Uh, because, duh. Yeah. Like, that's it. They're like, that's why they're known as the Seventh day Adventists. And they believe oh. that when Jesus returns, uh, which was prophesied through their leaders, who okay. were these, this husband and wife duo, mm-hmm. um, that when they return, uh, that anyone who hasn't accepted Jesus and isn't on the good side, okay, uh, anyone who is a non-believer, as well as all the demons, will be wiped out. Okay, cool. Like, not go to an afterlife. Is that happening soon? I mean, oh, like, erased. does not exist. Like, erased. erased. Okay. Yeah. Erased from Ret- reality. Thanos Retconned. Style. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Thanos yeah, yeah. Style. Yes, yeah, kind of. Uh-huh. So that's, th- and this was a very heavy belief that had made huge followings. People love this belief. People loved it. And a big mm. part of it is the church also placed a huge emphasis on diet and health, including adhering to kosher food laws. They advocated for vegetarianism mm-hmm, and a mm-hmm. holistic view of human nature, the idea that the, the body, soul, and spirit are all one inseparable entity. Okay. So there was a belief in a while there that those are could be separate. You know, like you mm. could like your spirit and your soul, all these different things like you can look at yourself in different aspects. Seventh day Adventism is like, no, if you have a bad body, then you have a bad spirit. And if you have a bad spirit, you have a bad soul. Mm-hmm. It's all kind of tied together. Okay. Cool, cool. Um, is there a connection here because of the, the Sabbath and the, what are you looking for? Uh, I thought, I thought my phone was right. <laughs> oh. Because of this, uh, I got, I panicked okay. uh, because of the Sabbath and the, uh, you said they keep kosher. Yes. Is there a link to, yeah, well, cause it, part of it, part of it is that idea of the, Again, in Protestantism, so and especially in the 1800s, when you have people kind of rediscovering and rereading the entire Christian Bible, you have people going like, "Why do we stop? Why do we stop doing kosher?" And it's like, "Well, being because the the Pope said Jesus." Well, we don't listen to the Pope. Maybe he was wrong about that. Right. Mm. And then this is also around the time when circumcision comes back into vogue. Like, there's all these different things that come back 
in and out of vogue that we didn't used to do. Circumcision currently out of vogue, according to the bookmarks I keep finding in my library books. Yes, which is a very odd. I, every li- I'm telling you, every library book I open, okay, every third library book I take out, yep. someone puts a bookmark in it about how we need to end circumcision. So there's just some dudes walking through the library just putting circumcision bookmarks. Here's what's crazy. That's like that. What? No, no, I know. But the thing is, is also it's it's not just dudes. There are women who do it as well. They're, they're very anti-circumcision. But also I've seen people in our area standing on like yeah, intersections. The yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and they'll have like the placards and stuff like, like the, that. Like all of you hold that up and I'm like, okay, so you have a circumcised dick. That's what yeah, I know and, about and you, you now, dude. And you don't like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. What? Why do I need to know about that? I'm just at this red light. So let's let's <laughs> rewind from circumcision. Okay. Okay. And I want right. to take you. you actually can't. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> they do offer like. Uh, <laughs> it's not like a vasectomy. It's not reversible. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's a one-time thing. That's one of my favorite jokes is the idea of um, of Wolverine from the X Men. Oh my god, becoming yeah. Jewish. And he just has to get circumcised every day because it keeps growing back. Um, but he can do it himself. Anyway. All right. He's got claws. I know. Yeah, but he's not um, he's, he's not a moil. He's not a moil. <laughs> Thank you. I only can I tell you, I only know what a moil is because of Porky's Two. Okay. The movie Porky's Two. Porky's Two? Yeah. I think I learned about it from Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh, well, I mean I did the term moil itself though. Oh, okay. And the tool I mean, I knew of circumcision. Yeah. But a moil and a zemel being the tool that they use for mm-hmm. circumcision, I only know about that. In the movie Porky's Two, is set in in like Florida in the '60s, and there's a whole thing involving the clan like fighting these high school kids. What? And the high school kids somehow they trick the clan into getting into a high school gym with okay. all the lights off, and they surround them with like the entire Seminole Nation, mm-hmm. and then they shave. All of the clansmen's heads using a Zemmel's, a, a Moyle Zemmel. And they explain to them what it is. They're like, this tool has cut thousands of Jewish foreskins. And now we're going <laughs> to use it to shave your head. And when the clansmen are like, no, we're not. They turn the lights on and they're surrounded by hundreds of seminal like guys who were just like, nope, fuck you, we hate you, you're racist. I thought Porky's was about like frat boys drinking. It, it kind of is. It's also that. That's the thing. Dude. There's also there's also a lot of like sex crimes in it because it's one of those wacky '80s movies. But that's where I know I I learned more about Jewish history in that moment than now, my dad ever taught me. Do you think they went on to use that for its original purpose after this? Because I feel yeah. like it would be a problem. You sanitize. I feel. It. You sanitize. I, it. I feel like you retire the Zemel after. That's oh, what I'm saying. Okay. Like yeah. It's no longer a Zemel. Guys, I feel like the I Zemel's have... stronger than ever at okay. this point. Okay. It's, it shaved the clans guy. This is a right. Zemel. Oh, hope. it's symbolic. Yeah. It's symbolic. Okay. Oh, we, <laughs> symbolic. We have gone so long already. Okay. Yeah. Okay? We're gonna you ruin want us this to for cut you. it shorter. <laughs> <laughs> so in Indiana in 1987. 1987 in Indiana, mm-hmm. a young man was born. His name is William Sadler. Now, William uh, converts to become a Seventh-day Adventist in 1888 okay. at the age of 13. At the age of 14, he got his one of his first major jobs. He moved to Battle Creek, Michigan, and he became a bellhop at the Battle Creek Sanitarium. Oh, wait, why okay. do they need a bellhop at the sanitarium? So it's a massive complex. The yeah. Battle Creek Sanitarium is... 
it's not when most people think sanitariums, you're thinking more of like loony bins. Yeah, yeah this you're thinking when it was a hospital, right? Yeah, this is this yeah. is not only a hospital, but this is also a wellness center. Oh, um, so rich people go here a lot. This oh, is also exhaustion. back in the day exhaustion. Yeah, exhaustion, but also back in the day where it's like, oh, was he have tuberculosis? He needs to go out out to the middle of nowhere where they have fresher air to cure yeah. all this different stuff. Now this one. Uh, was run by a very specific man, uh, John Harvey Kellogg. Oh, Kellogg. F- of the Kellogg's yes. company? Okay. Yeah. Yes, he that was Kellogg. Big, he was big in the cornflakes and stuff to make you not masturbate. Not masturbate. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, weird. You're almost there. Close? So you're close. Special, was it the graham cracker guy that didn't want to masturbate? the graham cracker guy didn't want you to masturbate. I knew somebody was Who I believe was also a Seventh-day Adventist, but Kellogg himself was also a huge Seventh-day Adventist. Okay. So he made a cereal that... I'm getting okay. to. Okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> it's like the I one thing I, I know I can't about. take... Sorry. Honestly, dealing with both of you, uh-huh. insufferable. You have a type. Um... <laughs> you good? Yeah. You good? Uh-huh. All right. So the Kellogg brothers... Uh, ran the Battle Creek Sanitarium. And one of their big things was to promote Seventh-day Adventist health principles, including healthy breakfasts, mm-hmm. vegetarian diets, sure. and high colonic enemas. Oh, no. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, uh-huh. but what I just described to you is cornflakes. <laughs> it's a healthy breakfast. Mm-hmm. It's vegetarian. Okay. Uh-huh. And it helps you clear out some shit. Okay. Because oh, really? you're getting some extra fiber in there. Okay. Okay. And... The brothers, John Harvey and Will Keith Kellogg, accidentally invented cornflakes one night. Mm. And how that happened was basically they were trying to make like a corn meal and it set wrong. And then the next day they were looking at it and it cut into these weird little flakes that they Mm -hmm. could then bake. And everyone really, really liked it. It was it was very popular. Yeah. Um. So the two brothers, John Harvey runs the Battle Creek Sanitarium. Mm-hmm. Will Keith is his brother who's assisting him with it. Will is looking at this. He's like, we got, this is going to be gold. Yeah. Will's like, listen, we slice up some bananas in this. Yeah. Oh this is going to be a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. And Will says, hey, we could sell even more if we add sugar. John. There it is. Let's John go. was like. That's a terrible fucking <gasps> idea. He doesn't know Tony the Tiger, baby. We can frost no, them flakes. None of this exists. So John is like, this is a fucking stupid idea. The brothers get into a fight. John eventually abandons all claims to corn the cornflakes patent <laughs> and gives it completely to Will. Fool. Okay. Will then founds Battle Creek Toasted Cornflake Company. That's a bit of a name. On February 19th, 1906. Mm-hmm. Uh, within six months, his factory burns down. Oh my god! He builds a new one. Did his brother do it? No, no. Yeah, he, his brother it was his brother. Yeah, it was for sure, insurance didn't claim. get caught. It was yeah. It was God. Um, it was because of the sugar. Because of the sugar. sugar. God was like, I told you the principles. Wait, so was this the sugar guy made the company? Yeah, the sugar okay. guy makes a company. The company is eventually renamed to Kellogg Toasted Cornflake Company because they want to remove the Battle Creek name. Yeah. Okay. So it's re- it's renamed to that in 1909. And by 1922, it is eventually just called the Kellogg Company, yeah. as we know it today. Mm-hmm. Um, now, John Harvey Kellogg, while he did uh, you know, help with the invention of cornflakes, that's not the only thing he did. This oh. guy is a very big deal. And again, he is the mentor of William Sadler, mm-hmm. the guy I introduced you to before. Um, so this is some of the things that John Harvey Kellogg did at, as the head of the Battle Creek Sanitarium. Um, they a- approach treatment in a holistic manner, 
actively promoting vegetarianism, nutrition, the use of enemas to clear intestinal flora, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, exercise. It's such a, like list. It's just like picturing someone being like, "Let me explain. These are the things we do: health, <laughs> wellness. We will be giving you an enema." <laughs> like, there's like it's just a little bit harder to swallow. There's a movie. There's a yeah. movie called as a Welcome to Wellville. It's sto- Anthony Hopkins plays this guy okay. in this movie, and I think like Matthew Broderick's in it. All this okay. stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember the movie coming out. It's from like the mid like early to mid nineties. I can picture the tra- like parts of the trailer in my head. Yeah, but yeah. they bring up how aw- this dude is obsessed with animals. Right. He's like he, he's what, this man, this man loves to blast his ass. I feel like <laughs> this is a thing that has been repeated on your show. Yes, <laughs> it is. Honestly, these guys. Whenever some guy gets fucking crazy, uh-huh. like this is the reason why I'm so glad that Mrs. Pearlmania bought me a bidet oh, yeah. because if she hadn't I might have fallen into the enema world oh, yeah. and now I would have had a cult yeah, uh, and I have sure. a bidet and my, because it, yeah. I came over to your house and y'all had a bidet yeah. and I used it and mm. I was like oh damn but, yeah. yeah and I, I had to get one yeah I've and that's why one. we call you his name was butt <laughs> thank you thank you're you. welcome thank you for that yeah so again vegetarianism <laughs> nutrition the use Animals. of enemas uh, exercise. He okay. was big into exercise, which sure. again back then wasn't a huge thing. Sunbathing, hydrotherapy, as well as abstention from smoking tobacco, drinking alcoholic beverages, and sexual activity. Mm-hmm. Kellogg dedicated the last thirty years of his life to promoting eugenics. Oh, oh. no! He co-founded oh, no. the Race Betterment Foundation, oh. co-organized several national conferences on race betterment. And attempted to create a eugenics registry alongside discouraging racial mixing. Kellogg was in favor of sterilizing mentally defective persons, promoting Mm. a eugenics agenda while working on the Michigan Board of Health and helping to enact authorization to sterilize those deemed mentally defective into state laws across the nation during his tenure. Okay. You hate to see it. Yeah, that's not great. You're, you're just just imagine like you're. They're great. Your no. your husband. That's the other brother. Oh no! Your husband gets like has like a, a cool special interest and hobby of of giving people enemas and himself. And then know? he's like, you and know, then he's like, oh, also eugenics. Yeah, like, ah, yeah. oh, dude. Yeah, I had just so, started so to turn I, the corner on. I know that I know this is your first time on the show, but I just want to point out, I did not hit the no Nazi guarantee button. Oh, I oh I did kind of. I noticed it, and I was. Concerned, but I was like, "It's T. Yeah, maybe he just forgot because his name no. was Dusk is in studio." See, then, and the thing is, though, I will say is, while this does skirt the 1930s and 1950s a lot, are going to come up. The Nazis themselves do not show up, but eugenics shows up so much mm. that I'm going to count it. Yeah. I'm going to count yeah. it as yeah. we're not hitting the button. We're giving the points. Like they um, didn't yeah. call themselves that, but yeah. So let's wind this back. A little bit. Uh-huh. Unlike a circumcision, let's try again. Okay. Um, William Sadler, because remember, this was about William Sadler. Yeah. Uh-huh. He worked extensively. He was a bellhop. He was a bellhop. He was a young oh, child. Right. <laughs> yeah, because again, this is, uh, Thomas Edison went to this place. I'm talking like famous people went here. And so. Just got their butts flushed. They got their butts flushed. They were, you know, the, the, he actually, John Harvey and all of the people at Battle Creek, for the time, are cutting-edge doctors. Mm-hmm. I mean, we would some of this stuff is quackery now, but it, these are cutting-edge guys. I mean, they yeah. said, don't I smoke cigarettes. Yeah, which that's, was, like, that's At that time, big. they were like, what? You know who else <laughs> said mean? that? Who? Hitler. 
Oh, okay. so wow. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna get you with that one. Yeah, Look out! Yeah, yeah. every time. He'll... I'm on day sixty five. I was gonna say how many days? Is this? I'm on day yeah. sixty five of not smoking. Praise me, damn it! No, yeah. uh, this job. will be posted on day sixty six. <laughs> um, so the William Sadler he he works extensively with John Harvey Kellogg. He becomes over time. He gets a huge interest in medicine. He also has a huge interest in uh, becoming an evangelical preacher Mm -hmm. on behalf of Seventh-day Adventism. And John Harvey and his brothers and the whole Kellogg family, they're all massive Seventh-day Adventists. Right. They're obsessed with this. Sure. So William fits right in with them. Eventually, William becomes a health food salesman on behalf of the company. He establishes a mission in Chicago where he goes to to promote not only Seventh-day Adventism, but also Seventh-day Adventist healthy lifestyles. So vegetarianism, enemas, all that fun stuff. He uh-huh. had a storefront, much like the Scientologist, where it's like instead of an E-meter reading, let's blast your asshole. Like that's wow. that's kind of the general vibe. He also sets up a magazine and becomes the editor of a magazine called Lifeboat Magazine. Lifeboat Magazine? I have Lifeboat. no idea why it's called that. It's just, that was the it's note. The world's sinking and you need a lifeboat? Honestly, okay. kind of. Okay. Well, yeah. it's kind of yeah. like, I mean, think about what Jehovah's Witnesses with like Watchtower Magazine. It's yeah. that kind of general thing where it's like, oh. It's the end of times. Yeah. Get in the boat. But also both of you are both like, well, why is it called Lifeboat? I bet you're going to turn the, the cover to go to the front page to see if there's yeah. a reasoning, right? He, so he's, he's good at that. In 1897, Sadler gets married. He marries Lena Celestia Kellogg. It's the niece of John Kellogg. Oh. Every character sounds like a fairy tale character. Yeah. yeah because this is this is the 1880s. It's ridiculous. It's 1897, okay? Everyone is crazy. So he married into the Kellogg family. He married from into from a the, bellhop. Yes. He starts he started at the but bottom. But not the rich side of the Kellogg family. The <laughs> sugar just, side. He was no, just carrying some stuff for one of the Kelloggs <laughs> and he was like, you know what I'm really into? Enemas. <laughs> like, yeah. And they're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I believe? I believe that if you don't accept Jesus Christ, then you will be destroyed at an atomic level. And I like and having my be... asshole blasted. Yeah. Huh. Have you met my niece, Lena? <laughs> like, that's... Wow. Lena Dunham? No, it's whoa, Lena whoa, Celestia. Whoa. So Lena and and William Sadler get married. Um, everything goes pretty well. They have uh, their first child. Uh, they do lose early. Ten days after its birth, that child passes. They have a second child Shortly thereafter, in 1901, William becomes an, or, an ordained minister, an ordained Seventh-day Adventist minister. Mm-hmm. Right after that, he and Lena move to the West Coast, specifically to San Francisco, where they both enter medical school. Okay. Both of them, husband and wife. Nice. And the reason be- for this is because after losing their first child, their scientific minds are like, why did this happen? Mm-hmm. We need to know, and we also want to help people. And again, they both, and the Kellogg family in general, have been so associated with health that they want to get into it even more. Okay. So right. they, they go to the West Coast. I thought it was just like you get a deal, like buy one, get one free in the college. No, but again, th- again, this is this is 19, I think this is 1907. Mm-hmm. It's a cool book. Were, were ladies allowed to be doctors back then? Apparently. Nice. Lena, I mean, when you have enough money, a That's Kellogg true. can do whatever yeah, they yeah, want. That's true. I you mean, money. I grew up near DuPonts who owned a tank and murdered a wrestler, and they was fine. Well, they're DuPonts. That's yeah. what they do. That's what they do. And you got to say the same thing about uh, the same thing about the, the, the Saddlers here and the Kelloggs. 
So eventually they both, uh, they, they both graduate from medical school and they open a joint practice Okay. in Chicago. Uh, where oh, they right. both work, they both work heavily on stuff. He's more of a surgeon, mm-hmm. uh, but she works heavily with women. Um, the so uh, he doesn't do surgery on women. What does that say? No, no, I mean like more, <laughs> more. What I mean is more. He's more of a general doctor and surgeon okay. versus she is more specifically able because she is a, a one of the few female doctors. Uh, so she's like an OB, right? Kind of, sort of. And not, that, not only that, but just in general, where the women were not comfortable to tell a male doctor anything. Yeah, because right. they'll not make you get a lobotomy. OB, basically. But also, it's just like one of those, like, oh, I don't want to... Yeah, another man touching. Yeah, my get out of here. Wife. Like, yeah. I'm not taking my wife to but, a doctor. But it's also that, like, yeah. But also, it's it's the the conversation. Rub so it's a little bit more. On it. You know, she might <laughs> she might bring William in around the corner after talking to him. Okay, well, it turns out you might need an appendectomy. You know, something like that type okay. of deal. Okay. Um, William also gets really big into psychology, okay. specifically uh, the stuff that Sigmund Freud's doing at this time. Um, this bellhop really has a lot of time. He has so much time. What is going on? And he's rich as shit right now because the other thing they're doing. Mm-hmm. Remember how we were joking about podcasts? Yeah. They basically have a podcast. Shut up. In okay. 1912, they are traveling around. There are these things out there called shiitakes. Shiitakes. Okay. It's I, it's hard. It's it's spelled C. I, I almost thought it said uh, Choctaw. But it, it's C H A U T A U Q A. Okay. It's an event. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what this was was it was basically these tent events in a town where everyone in the town would go there, and there would be speakers, there would be entertainers. It was this is what they did before television. So mm. instead of having the carnival, right, you would have a carnival that was just speakers, right. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so uh, William and Lena would travel. And they also had these other two that they would do like a four-person kind of gimmick where imagine like in Comic-Cons like doing a panel discussion type right. of thing. So they would travel from town to town in the upper Midwest and they'd go around and they would promote drug-free lifestyles, mental health, healthy eating and living, and enemas. And it's always, all like disguised always. as like a town fair. And it's like, oh, everyone's in town. Yeah, and kind of. cotton candy. and Yeah, and it was all these different things. But again, this And they is... were like, don't you eat that cotton candy, yeah. you son of a bitch. But, oh, there's no sugar in that cotton candy. <laughs> yeah, but, it's made of corn. But this is also, it's also one of those things too where you would then get a free, you know, you would see them and then you built off of that. Now you've gone and you've seen them. Oh, okay, well, maybe that part might be free, the speaking engagement, Do but do you want to sign up? Remember, like mm-hmm. your dude, the apple, last one we apple did. Apple cider vinegar dude. Apple cider yeah. vinegar dude. So this this is also another way for them to dr- to gin up um, uh, more patients. Gin up, drum up. I didn't know gin up was a thing. Ah, maybe it isn't. Hmm. I'm kind. I don't know. I'm dealing with both of you right now, <laughs> so it's a lot. I've never heard gin up. Okay, I, I'm going to start using. Yeah, it. yeah. We're I, using you know it what? From now on. You know what? Gin it up. Okay. Gin maybe I'll up. make that a t-shirt. Yeah. So mm. add it to the t-shirt list. Maybe. I command it. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Hold on, Jack, sell them for less. That will make sense to no one outside of Philadelphia. Yeah. So, um, so basically, yes, it's almost a podcast. Yeah. That's what's crazy about this. When you mentioned earlier, I was like, oh my god, that's what this is. So, uh, he gets super into psychology. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's super into Sigmund Freud's uh, thoughts. Oh, I bet he thinks it's he, he thinks everything Freud's doing is the coolest. He 
thinks that Freud's ideas, that experiences that happen during infancy, having an effect on someone's adult identity, spot on. Okay. Okay. Coolest, smartest shit he ever heard. Okay. All right. Freud's thoughts on sex and religion, dumbest shit he's ever heard in his entire uh, life. He was like, fuck this dude. Okay. I hate this guy. All right. Yeah, he got to the, the next chapter of that book. Yep. And went, oh, that kind of so. explains, though, why so many cereals are marketed to children. Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh. Actually, weirdly, yes. That was the thing I did read about the Kellogg cereal and cornflakes in particular. Yeah. Cornflakes, I think it was in the 1920s, first one to put a prize for kids in the cereal. Uh-huh. Mm, smart. First one smart, to do smart, it. Smart. Yep. Um, now in 1907, there is a falling out. Uh-oh. Between uh, who? John Harvey Kellogg. Okay. Gets excommunicated from the Seventh-day Adventist church. Yeah, what did he do? He basically, there was like a schism that happens. So the, remember I said a husband and wife founded the church? Yeah. The husband dies and it's just the wife left and she's like the chief prophet. <gasps> Does she get drunk on power? Kind of. Yes. It's like, I was, I started to read it. I was like, if I go too deep into this, we'll never get done. Yeah. Okay. But basically he's excommunicated. He spends the rest of his life like fighting back and like trying to get back into it. But this is enough to break William and Lena's like spirit and belief in in the Seventh-day Adventist church. Got it. But not the movement or beliefs. Okay. okay. So they still like the health stuff we're totally cool with, all this other mm-hmm. stuff, but the weird cult leader, this weird old lady who's like 91 years old who's running the whole thing. Because yeah. that's the part that's crazy about all this. As I was going through and reading how old they are when they die, there might be something, like all these people live to be like 91. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost every single one of them, they're old old. Only because Jesus didn't come back like they said he would. Yeah, but they- If Jesus would have came back and snapped his Thanos finger like they kept saying he was going to do, but yeah. that's why they had to get the enemas every day. But that's why they had to stay alive in case he did show up. And why? that's why Be it's really that. important to keep the Infinity Stones away from Jesus. <laughs> now- <laughs> So, so. <laughs> you broke him. I think you did it. You got me a little bit on that one. Now, now during this time, uh, I, I don't want you guys to think that this guy is cool in any way because I've okay. laid, I laid out a bunch of just because yeah, just because he split away. From, from the Seventh-day Adventists. No, he's just, still a potential side liar of the Nazis because of the eugenics. Yeah, he's super into eugenics. Yeah. He's yeah. super into eugenics. Uh, he wrote a whole book about how Norwegians, A number one, uh, to the point where I'm not going to repeat. Okay, yeah. don't. I'm Fair. just going to tell you, he, he thinks he thinks that races are a pyramid, whites at the top, oh, no. and mm. just start start layering in them how you think they are at the bottom. Like an MLM. It's a pyramid scheme. Uh, yes. Uh, was the food pyramid already a thing? No. Okay. Weirdly, because like it, I thought maybe he was yeah. like, look, because you remember you'd see the food pyramid on a cereal box. Yeah, they'd be like, cereal. see corn. Like, yeah. He was like looking at it while eating his cereal yeah. and being like, you but, know what? Yeah, no, that was his brother's cereal, and he was eating it, but secretly because it had sugar right. in it, and he didn't yeah. want anyone to know. Now here comes the part um, that's a little strange, which is William, huge skeptic, like massively well-known skeptic, because he's a doctor. This oh, is the okay. bellhop. This is the bellhop. Again, uh-huh. William. He's a doctor now, but we're never letting him live bellhop down. No, you're never. <laughs> he went to medical school. He's in the philosophy. This we're is, like, you know the what? Bellhop? You know what you guys are? You're just like conservatives with AOC. You're like, oh, the, co- like, the like, bartender. Yeah, the bartender. <laughs> Honestly, I latched onto something that made him cool. The bellhop like, the, made the him cool. The fact that he was a bellhop, it's like, okay, he started as a working man. Everyone else, like, honestly, I hate it on Mo. 
but I just thought Mo, Mo was going bad. Yeah. But then, like, at the end, it was like, oh, all Mo did was pick flowers and be like, maybe we can sell tea. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. This Stole guy was flowers. at least a bellhop, and he made it to a doctor. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's I, a cool story. It's a yeah. come up. Yeah. So Mo, uh, Mo gets, not Mo, fucking who the fuck is Mo? I'm back on William. William. Sorry, William. Yeah. Uh, William Sadler. is a huge, William Sadler is a huge skeptic, and he's very well known for debunking psychics and mediums. Okay. So All right, okay. One of his big things is especially after World War One, he believes that psychics who are and mediums who are reaching out to the dead are giving false comfort to World War One widows. Wow. He's like, you're Ooh, a okay. fucking con artist, and I yeah. hate you. Okay. So much okay. so that he becomes, he, he at least has a loose association with Harry Houdini. Okay. Oh. So, like, this dude's everywhere at this Wait, point. did I see a movie like this? I feel like I watched a movie that was similar. Like, this, a guy was, like, debunking the psychics, and mm-hmm. then he ends up getting shot by a lady. Oh, Dang. no, that was the Nightmare Alley. Was that what that was? Yeah, you and I watched Nightmare Alley. He wasn't debunking them. He was pretending to be one. He gets taught how to do cold readings. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, with yeah. His, with his wife or whatever. With the whatever. lady that shot him. Yes. She debunked his ass. Yes, she was the, yeah, there's a whole thing with that movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, I liked it. That was fun. Um, but he's very much, he reminds me like, uh, was it Randy? Do you know what I'm talking the about? The Amazing Randy, that's what amazing I was going Amazing Randy, say. yeah, yeah. 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 So Randy. the, imagine, imagine if the Amazing Randy wasn't like four feet tall and gay. And atheist. And an atheist. Yeah. This guy, hardcore religious. Well, that's like actually what I was thinking. I, wa- I wasn't going to just bring up Amazing Randy, but yeah. I thought about that because every time that you hear about these people that debunk uh, the psychics and everything, they're always like almost all of them are atheists. Yeah. Like they're like, but this hey, guy's these people are con man. How dare. But this guy sounds like he kind of also was a con man. No, he kind of is and isn't. So the thing is, is he's debunking them. One, because of science, but uh, not because he's an atheist. He's like, right. no, the only path to speak to the dead is through Christ. Oh, I see. So I he's see. like, fuck you. I will use science uh-huh. to prove you're a liar, which is actually very similar to the later Catholic Church with saints and shit. Yeah. There's a lot with the Catholic Church when they would have notions and claims about um, you know new saintly figures and miracles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They would go into the science of it heavily because they were like, no, we want to prove that this is a miracle. So then we can lean into it more. Now they would right. gloss over stuff, but they would also pay for the research and development for things. Yeah. So you get this weird mix with the Catholic Church sometimes. Yeah, the Catholic Church that. paid for a lot of science. Weirdly. A lot of science. Yeah, a lot of race science. Okay, okay. so. Whoopsies. Hey, oh. Whoopsies. See. What? No, AOC. AOC. <laughs> uh, the bartender? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> so the, let's. So okay, so now I've laid out uh, William Sadler for you guys. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So let's let's talk about the Urantia book. Okay. Oh, right. Okay. I right. Forgo- I, oh my god, I got so yeah. lost. So I can't believe I'm, I forgot about the Urantia book. Yeah. So the so the Urantia book happens around the time John Harvey Kellogg gets excommunicated from the church. Okay. All right. Okay. So that's 1907. Somewhere around that time. Sadler, William Sadler, is asked to consult on a woman's husband's deep sleeping problem. Okay. He's deep sleeping too hard or like not he's enough? just he's just sleeping fuck. He's like when he sleeps, he's like dead. Yeah. All What's right. that thing where like sleep apnea almost? Yeah. So that's what they called it like deep sleeping back then. Okay. Mm. So he's he got weird sleep. All right. Okay. And part of it is as a doctor, and the other part of it is as a psychologist. So William never reveals this man's identity. Okay. It's it from here on out, he calls this person, quote, 
The Sleeping Subject. Okay. Okay. So The Sleeping Subject, uh, he would lay in bed, and Sadler would come into a room, and he would watch this man sleep. And Sadler claimed that as he watched him sleep, the man would begin to move strangely in like an odd fashion, like not just regular rolling around, but like almost like he's being controlled like a puppet. Mm -hmm. And then he would speak in an odd voice claiming to be a visitor from another planet. Okay. So Sadler watches this Mm -hmm. and goes, well, that's fucking weird. Okay. Yeah. And he does a thing that is quite rare for us to say. He gets somebody else. Oh, he calls in backup. He calls in other observers from the skeptic community. <laughs> he was he was like, nope, I can't. Nope, this <laughs> yeah. is out of my league. Yeah, legit. He above actually does that. Grade, above my pay grade. This is not what I got my doctorate in. Yeah. So, so he brings in these other observers, and they all watch um, the sleeping subject. None of them can really figure it out, mm-hmm. but it's like a core group. It doesn't say because eventually these people will be known as the Urantia, uh, the part of the forum or the Urantia forum. Oh my God. But it, it, you end up almost creating a small nucleus who are the people who have actually seen the golden plates, if that makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. So okay. you have this yeah. group of people who have now seen this man do his weird stuff. Now, did the sleeping subject know? Because he you wake said up? a woman's husband. Like, so he knows that this is happening? He knows this woman and that this husband has an issue. So apparently it is through, and again, remember, because his wife is a doctor. Yeah. From what it it reads like, at least, and it's hard to tell because a lot of it is kind of in that weird gray area. It sounds like this woman complained to Sadler's wife. Sadler's wife said, you got to look at this guy. Got it. This guy... Is, is put into an observation room where Sadler watches him. Sadler goes, well, that's fucking weird. I'm bringing yeah. in more people. And over time... But this dude woke up in between weird sleeps. Yes. Oh, okay. He's not in a coma. That's what I was thinking. I was like, no, 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 no. Coma he's, and he's, they didn't know? No, he's not in a coma, but he is, he is definitely like, as his natural sleep cycle, something odd is happening, according to Sadler. Now, do they have him connected so that they know that he's actually sleeping? Like a deep REM? I don't think they had those, the, that machinery back then. Because my immediate thought is like, oh, like brainwave they're being scammed. They're being scammed yeah. by someone who got upset that he was like... Nah, your psychic shit isn't real. And yeah, yeah. Like, okay. This is a, sky- a psychic come yeah. back with a new plan. Right, this is, so, yeah. so, uh, so here's what happens shortly after. This guy, it doesn't sound like, again, from the readings, it sounds like this guy is actually, when they're observing him, they're observing him in his own home. Okay. okay. Because as Sadler is walking through this man's home, he starts to find papers everywhere, and the papers are clearly not in this man's hand. They're in someone else's handwriting. Okay. And at first, Sadler assumed that it's his automatic handwriting that is coming from the man's subconscious. Okay. Because he's really into Freud. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that idea being almost like the idea of multiple personalities. Does this man have schizophrenia? Sadler doesn't believe so. Okay. Because that's the thing. It gets to a point that in 1924... Sadler begins to invite medical colleagues over to his house for tea every Sunday. Uh, Sleepy time tea. Sleepy time tea. (laughs) Wow. Very funny. I did not pull those two together. That is actually an incredibly good joke. Um, Sadler has, Sadler brings over medical colleagues 
and everyone has tea, and he has a few of the observers there, mm-hmm. and the observers are like, nah, man, it's definitely real. And then he has the people in this group come up with questions for the sleeping subject okay. while he's sleeping. Okay. So questions for the aliens. Sure. Okay. Because the alien isn't just speaking on his behalf. He's mm-hmm. also speaking on behalf of other celestial bodies. Okay. And explaining things about like the history of the world and like where everything is and science and all this different stuff. So what Sadler's doing is over time, he is collecting and getting buy-in from these members and he starts to call this the forum. Okay, mm-hmm. like a web forum. Sure, sure. Except in person. Cool. Sure. So this web podcaster are known to be really cool. Yeah. So this podcaster through his Discord is basically. <laughs> so what he's doing though is he is he collects these questions and then he and the other observers from the, you know that centralized nucleus mm-hmm. they go back and they ask him questions and then he gives responses and they write them down. Okay. Um. So that's in 1924. In 1935, Sadler claims that the papers that he's been finding were definitely written by an alien. (laughs) Okay. Was this man writing them in his sleep, or was he writing them when he was awake? No, he's writing them in his sleep, is what Sadler is claiming. Does he sleep? That's what Sadler is claiming. Sadler's saying that he's not witnessing any of this. Okay. When Sadler's in the room, the alien is talking to Sadler. Okay. When Sadler's not in the room, the alien is using this man's body as a puppet and writing out papers explaining the entire universe. Voicemail. To Sadler. Yes. He's leaving like voicemail. Yes, he's basically like, leaving oh, he's voicemail. He's not there. Uh, sorry, I was, I was here. It's transcribed though. It's here, transcribed so. though. Yeah. yeah. Right. So uh, in 1935, he, he this is when Sadler's like, listen, I've really, really thought about this. Uh it's definitely aliens. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely. Sure. It's the only thing it that it could be, really. It has to be. Right. And, and here's the one thing is he also points out, he goes, this is totally different than a psychic or a medium. Right. right of course. Mm. Because a psychic or a medium talks to the dead. Right. The, I'm not talking to the dead. I'm talking to aliens. That's bullshit. And aliens are alive. Right. It's crazy that he believes so hard in uh, his version of like Christian Jesus, but also yeah. aliens. You don't usually see those Venn diagrams uh, colliding. Are you bullshitting me right now? Do the do the Christians like aliens? I thought they thought they were demons. Wait, which which well, Christians? So where do you think that Jesus has been all these years? He He's went with back the aliens. To his planet. Oh. My well, that's God. basically Mormonism. Uh, <laughs> when do you when you when you pay enough, that's basically yeah. Mormonism. Mm. It depends, though. It really does depend. And part of this is part of Seventh Day Adventism and that belief in apocalypse and how you're supposed to get to it, mm. because. Are you, is the seven-headed beast and the whore of Babylon really a seven-headed dragon coming out of the Tigris and the Euphrates while a lady's on his back? Or is, is, that, Trump? is that an ancient view of a flying saucer mm-hmm. with a spectral thing? You know what I mean? Like, is it a metaphor? And like is a that a vision? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what well, is... I thought it was the rings. The rings with the eyeballs. Yeah, well, oh, exactly. the angels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. biblically accurate angels. I love those Bi- angels. They often... Sound like like spaceships, like yeah, UFOs. Yeah, I'm or saying. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But all of that stuff. And again, let's this, go watch Ancient Aliens after this. Uh, please no. <laughs> but all of this stuff kind of wraps together over time because okay. this is also at that breaking moment. Remember, this is before Roswell. Okay. Right. This is before aliens, the way we know aliens today, or we think about aliens today, sure, even exists. Sure. Mm-hmm. So aliens in his world are these weird 
electric interdimensional type of beings that can do this psychic and use you as a meat puppet to write letters yeah exactly so this is did they talk about him using hallucinogens at all no what kind of mushrooms was he eating when he had dinner well here's the thing a lot of that talk (laughs) is just if you've like if you've ever done hallucinogens or if you talk to people who do hallucinogens at like an open mic that we used to run and like a very specific person would talk to you about the aliens yeah 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 and then eventually and then eventually he drove across the country and then lived in a van and then blew glass pipes and then married and then divorced some lady and now is super into Donald Trump. Anyway, like he was super a very, he was a very sweet guy at the time. He, and, <laughs> but he would talk to you about 18 years ago, that man was machine the elves. coolest. The machine elf. The machine elf. That's like the about thing that, that. They're, they're, they, the way that they talk about the aliens from the other dimension yeah, 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 that yeah, talk yeah. to you when you're tripping or whatever. Yeah. Oh. Well, that was up there with the guy. That's one thing that really keeps getting to the sleeping subject. I remember one time at the coffee shop we used yeah. to do our open mic at. Yeah. There was this one guy who was basically slowly becoming known as a shaman. And uh-huh. he started to hold court because he was, you know, you and I were a little bit older. And so uh-huh. there was a lot of like 18 year olds that were hanging out there. Yeah. And this guy, I think he was like maybe 26 or 27. Okay. And he was hanging out the one day and he was, he was explaining this vision to everyone. It was like 2005. And he's like, I had this vision that the world's going to blow up in a nuclear bomb. And I watched my skin melt. And I finally just turned to him. And literally, there's like 10 people like listening to him uh-huh. tell his vision, like at this coffee shop. I finally turned to him. I said, when was this vision? He said, last night. I said, what time? He's like, I don't know. It was between like, midnight and 5 a.m. I said, why Why such a broad time? He goes, because I was asleep. And I went, you had a dream, you fuck. We all have dreams. <laughs> you just had a dream. I, That's not a vision. I and legit, I watched... That yeah. I was Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was at my school, but it wasn't really my school. Yeah. <laughs> I had a vision that I was pregnant Sonic in a jar. <laughs> um, I had a vision last night that I was eating pierogies. Uh, let me, and let I me, woke up sad I couldn't eat pierogi. We're going to talk no. more about all of our visions here in just a second, but I just want to get through this last part. Okay. okay. Um, so he finds the papers. He, Like I said, he says they're definitely by aliens. Okay, great. Uh, it's different than a psychic. Mm-hmm. Shortly after he states that, the papers stop. <gasps> Dead on a dime. Just He no longer the gets any more papers. The aliens say no more. And in 1942, Sadler finally disbands the forum. Okay. He goes, you know, now he's like, guys, the Does aliens the sleeping not man talking. stop talking too or just stop writing? It doesn't say that. Oh. He just disbands it. He had and to stop them. Now, here's the one thing is you would think like maybe, I don't know, World War II would come up. Never comes up once in any of the mm. things I'm reading during this. Okay. And we're like in the heart of World War II. Um, so the sleeping man had really, to go to war. This really speaks to my... I think this guy was scamming him yeah. because the moment that he's like, this is different than psychics. The dude's like, I did it. I win. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Win. I'm out. So the Urantia book How is that spelled Urantia. U-R-A-N-T-I-A. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's the Urantia book. Also, it has a couple different names. Let me scroll back up here. I have it in a different spot as well. Urantia is not a great name. I don't no, like it. It's terrible. It's like, it's, well, it's, it's Urantia or Urantia. Um, it's Netflix. also known. It's mm-hmm. also known as the Urantia Papers, okay. or the Fifth Epochal, the Fifth Epochal Revelation. Oh See, that's a God. much better name a for scarier. your Necronomicon. You got to yeah. make sure your religion is yeah. scary. If you so want to come up one. with a Necronomicon and use a whole bunch of different types of paper to make your thing, like yeah. you really got to. So name the it well. the book is uh, published in 1955. Okay. By the Urantia Foundation or mm-hmm. Urantia Foundation. It uh, again, 
is supposed to be all of these 2,000 pages, 196 papers, quote-unquote. And if you're wondering, Urantia is the alien name for Earth. Oh, Oh. I was wondering. Yeah, so with that, we're going to take a pause, and then we'll go into what's in this book. Okay. And we're back. Yeah, we never left. We never really left. We got His Name is Dusk is still here on our special episode. His Name was Dusk, is what I said. I said it is. Well... (laughs) It, it happens a lot on your His name so is, his name it is was confusing, Dusk. It's a confusing name. It's very yeah. confusing. Yeah, What's That's your Instagram it. handle? Uh, his name was Dusk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if anybody wants to find any more of your stuff, they can go to our show notes. They can. Yeah. Yeah. And that leads them to everything. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, we're really happy to have you here. Yeah. Are uh, we doing a plug in the middle of the Yeah, well, because who story? the fuck listens to the end? That's true. That's. I mean, I honestly, I mean, I, I can I thank to people to listen to the very, very end. But that's a big thing when I listen to podcasts. When I hear plugs, I'm like, oh, they're done. Okay, so should I promote a, a thing? Do you have something to promote? Well, yeah, I have a, a set of remixes for my band that's coming out soon. Okay. Uh, my band, Wormtooth. Uh, if you find us on Spotify. Okay. Uh, we're going to be doing the first Friday of every month for the next eight months. Oh, wow. Nice. Something that's like a that. lot. Yeah. Yeah, I got a lot of remixes. It was a lot of fun. Um, the other thing, with speaking mm-hmm. of Spotify, is yeah. we've been, you mentioned it to us, and yeah. then actually a listener, listener reached out to us to let us know. Apparently, Spotify is now playing ads before our show. Yep. We have no control over that. We didn't know what was happening. Yeah. We get no money for it, and okay. people who've been reaching out to us are Spotify premium Yeah, I'm a I have premium. Yeah. Wow. And uh, they still are getting ads. And yeah. it's, it's, all, it's not just y'all, it's all podcasts. All That's podcasts. Crazy. And part of that is because Spotify just lost a shit ton of money. Because, Allegedly. Oh, yeah. That, you know what? I haven't hit this button once. Because everyone's long dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Allegedly. There we go. Uh, but Spotify lost a shit ton of money on uh, podcasts because they did a lot of smaller and medium podcasts that they were promoting. Yeah. and Gave all did, their money to Rogan? Uh, Rogan was a big part of it. Yeah. And so they, instead of giving it to music artists like yourself. I was going to say, it's such a shame that they're losing that money. I know. Oh, yeah, geez. I know. It's terrible. Oh. But, um, you know, we while we're hosted on Spotify, we don't use any of the Spotify stuff. I, yeah. We use a different service, a uh, podcasting service. So if you want to listen without ads at the very beginning, any other service besides Spotify, or if you are a Patreon member, we do post now. I post everything live. And moving forward, mm-hmm. all of our episodes yep. up on YouTube. It's going to happen, y'all. You've been asking for it, and we made... Uh, Mr. Pearlmania quit his job so he could get him on YouTube. <laughs> yes. Uh, we've also done a few investments into some other things, so they should auto-upload to YouTube the same time they're being posted to iTunes, to Spotify, to the Patreon, to everything. Everything is going live at the exact same minute. God damn it! Also, if you're a patron, you get a notification in your email, and so yeah. I always know that your new episode is up oh. before I would know through Spotify or oh, whatever yes. I and, and usually, I because I, I'm doing them all at the same time, is right. usually I have a time. So I will sit down and I I, I do the uh, I do the I, the general RSS feed yeah. upload. And then that usually takes 15 minutes to a half hour before uh-huh. it hits everyone, like iTunes, Spotify, any sure. of those things. Patreon, though, I upload it. I hit post. It's there. 
Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Right. So when you see that Patreon pop up, you might not see it on the other services for 15 or 20 minutes. Yep. Wow. So, yeah. Now, Mrs. Pearlmania, you yeah. had an announcement before we get back into this really weird, insane Urantia book. Okay. You had something about books. Oh, yeah. I had a book club announcement. Oh, a book club Well, it's not really an announcement. Okay, so I'm currently reading a book. I'm almost done it. And then I'm going to make an episode about it. That's happening. That's, it's okay. a different thing. Okay. But uh, his name was Dusk. is in the studio. Oh, yeah. And recently we were talking about books about I want to do for the book club. And I am so grateful. So many people inbox me um, on Instagram and through Patreon and suggestions for books that they think they would like or that they think would torture Alex. And that's always fun. Oh, that's yep. good. And, and, so, and what's your Instagram real quick just for the people who don't Mrs. know? It's Mrs. Promania 500. Yeah, Mrs. Promania 500. Yeah. Nice. Um, and that's basically just book club Instagram. Yes. And... Uh, we were having a discussion about <laughs> what yeah. books would uh, upset me. Alex would get upset by, but also he'd be interested in. Mm -hmm. right. And we were at a bookstore together. I have this a suspicious brown bag in front of me. Uh -huh. And he brought up that there is a book you've been asking him for decades to read. And he refused to do it because he refuses to do anything anyone suggests ever. If he doesn't discover it himself, it doesn't even count. Okay. So apparently this book you love okay. and have suggested to him, again, for decades that he would like it and he has refused to read it. So I'm going to read it and then I'm going to yell it at him. Okay. Okay. So I'm, we're gonna... I'm confused about what it might be. Oh, Okay. Okay, yeah. so this book is called Stormfront uh, by Jim Butcher. It's apparently about a wizard uh -huh. uh, detective. Correct. A wizard detective. Like a film noir. Like, think you're like stereotypical, like, that all of the of all the cities and all the world. She oh, had yeah, to come yeah. Into my... Okay. And there's a little bit of the, like, the misogyny that's inherent in that. Yeah. Especially at the beginning of the series. Nice. It, yeah. it does get... A little better. It's part of the Dresden Files. This is yeah. book one of the Dresden Files. You've never yeah. read the Dresden Files? You've been... <laughs> I know. There was a whole... There was a whole I know. It's funny. So because... Mm -hmm. It's funny because at one point there was a comic book version of it and I tried to read it and I was like, ah. And there's a TV show version of it. Yeah. Tried to watch it. Mm -hmm. uh. Uh, the TV show version was... It's not great. It's, it, it, it was like... It's like a, it's a mid-2000s TV show. Uh -huh. it, the The... Special effects were bad. The acting's mid. Yeah. Uh, the comic book, I, the art was just terrible. I never got past like page four, I think, of the comic book. Sure. So um, I think I think I got as far as you. You kind of describe like the first ten pages to me once. Right. You're like, I'm just gonna like to try to almost like to try to like get the the, yeah. the crank okay. going. Yeah. You're like, maybe if I get you interested in nothing, and then they find a body, and I'm like, yeah, that's the back of the book. Yeah, sure, sure. But you spent like time, uh -huh. and I was like, that's great, buddy. Mm -hmm. I think uh, the thing that they that uh, Jim Butcher does real well is he sets the rules uh -huh. of his world in an interesting way for like a fantasy book. Yeah, um, and then uh, he uh, as the story progresses through the other stories through the other books, it's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to read this the first novel of the Dresden Files, Stormfront. And I'm gonna. That's gonna be a book club episode coming up. Awesome. And this one's dedicated dedicated to you and to Alex never taking a suggestion. And and the uh, <laughs> the best part about it is that when I, I like that she didn't say book one of the Dresden Files. She said we're gonna read Stormfront. And so now that no Nazis button means nothing. <laughs> uh, because the fact the book is named Stormfront oh, is just, just terrifying. To, yeah. 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 I know it has nothing to do with that, but that's just because it's an older book. I didn't say that. Oh really? oh, really? That's what I love about it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um,
Speaking of racial hierarchies, let's get oh, back no. to the Urantia oh, book. God, that's not good. No, it's not. It is. It is not good. But this is what. Remember, this is what people voted for like a month ago. Mm-hmm. All right, so they were like, "We want to know all about this tarantula book." <laughs> Tarantulas. So the um, this book is it's. Here's the problem I really had with it. It was it was very difficult to find a good summary. Because it's not one book. It's like saying summarize the Bible. Yeah. It's sure. 2,000 pages. It's broken up into these 96, 196 page papers. Mm-hmm. And then that itself is also broken up into four distinct sections. The biggest section, and I'll go into what each one's, which one is. Um, the biggest section, though, that is the most known is Jesus' teen years. Uh, which, again, from an alien. Yeah. Um, so the first section covers the nature of God in the universe. Okay. The second describes the portions of the universe nearest to Earth and Lucifer's rebellion. Okay, cool. cool. The okay. third details the history of Earth and human religions. Mm-hmm, uh-huh. mm-hmm. And the fourth account is of Jesus' life and his accompanying doctrines. Now, but as a teen. It's, it's his whole life. It's from birth till his resurrection. Um, So in the middle of this, there is a papers in which it's a YA novel about Jesus. Yes, 100%. And that's what's (laughs) great. So the thing is, which a lot of people don't really notice for a long time in in most of the Bible, Uh is there are some like apocryphal stories. But for the most part, Jesus fucks off at age 12. Yep. Yeah. And you don't know from age 12 to age 33, basically, or 32. Yeah. We don't know anything about him. He's well, just some fucking guy. As someone see? who's been twelve and thirty-three, there ain't what much. There isn't much to talk about. Yeah. There, well, dude. you see, he had this weird sleeping disorder. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that's what the book's about. And what now? Sadler and the members of the Urantia Foundation, they decide that they're going to publish this book in 1955. But they also make a big choice. Mm-hmm. And the choice is this, is that they're not going to found a true church, okay, a physical building. Mm-hmm. They're not going to create preachers, and they're not going to even evangelize the book. Okay. They're just going to print it and put it out there. That's their whole idea. Okay. Is they really are like, we're going to slow walk this one. Okay. Okay. And that's what they do. Kind of a hard sell. It is definitely a hard sell. And this book becomes... Very popular in countercultural circles mm-hmm. because it takes existing Christian doctrine and tries to turn it on its head. Mm. It is that weird combination of the early ideas of mixing psychology, philosophy, natural sciences, all these different things, vegetarianism. I mean, right. as you get into the 60s, you're getting that hippie mentality mm-hmm. kind of melding. It's like the spiritual equivalent of like a panacea or whatever, like of a medicine that cures everything. It's like, yeah, oh, it's this kind is your of philosophy. Your yeah, religion, it, it's your... a little bit. Mm. It's a little bit of everything. So like you can see, and the other thing about it is that the foundation itself exists solely to protect the copyright. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing is they don't oh. want random strangers printing this and making it their own. So I can't print my version. Uh, well, now you can, because okay, in good. 2001, a jury found that the English language book's copyright 
no longer valid in the United States after 1983. Oh, nice. Therefore, the English text of the book became a public domain work in the United States, and in 2006, the international copyright expired. Like Pinocchio. Yep, basically, it's like Pinocchio or Winnie, Winnie the, the Pooh, Pooh without yeah, a shirt. Winnie, Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, shirtless Winnie the Pooh, whatever you want to do. Once you put a shirt on him, though. Yep. Um, what is what is the book called again? Urantia book. Urantia. So first, we're going to change that title. Yeah. Like yeah when first, I do my version, it's going to yeah. be yeah. Little... Your remix. You're going to call it the, the remix. remix. Yeah. Oh. So here's here's some here's some small things from the Urantia book. This is a uh, pretty. Th- this was a small area that I could find a summary on. Yeah. Uh, quote: The emergence of humans is presented as having occurred about a million years ago from a branch of superior primates originating. From a lemur ancestor. Lemurs. I know. It always comes back to lemur. Wow. I'm telling you, man. In the 20s? They love the lemur. I don't think they're they, so cute. I don't think they knew what lemurs were. Oh. I think like right. lemurs showed up and it blew their mind. And they're like, dude, these are monkey cats. I know that I'm hyper-focused on cereal because you sprouted it up once and yes. then I'm going to stay on it. Yeah. But... Uh, one of my favorite cereals is called Leaping Lemurs. I know. We have an episode called Leaping Lemurians. Yeah, that's right. Remember? Because the Akashic le- record yeah, and everything. Yes. Because our show is weird. Well, mm-hmm. aren't there like, like, because the demon, like their lemur is also like with an E is like a type of demon. Yeah. Oh. So I wonder if lemurs are just named that because of, because they do look like creepy little alien they they humans. Got, they have big eyes. Yeah. That, like I said, I call them monkey cats. Yeah. That's yeah, kind of what do. they look like. They, they look have like, a, they do look like aliens. That that does look like uh, a cat. Yeah, I mean, and they they seem to like the, the, they the videos. Think this I is s- where humans came from, not gorillas. They think well, that is a primate. Lemurs are a primate. No, I get that. But they but think that's the branch like that becomes humans. Um, I thought these were like marsupials. Uh, I don't know, mm. but the first humans are said to have been male and female twins called Andon and Fanta. And they were born 993,419 years prior to 1934. I don't like that at all. The, They're like twins? The soda? Andon and Fanta. F-O-N-T-A. F-O. Fanta. Um, I don't like that they were twins in this scenario. Well. Gross. Well, you know what? How is that less gross than the Bible? <laughs> yeah, that is like literally what. Wasn't so, it like the mom? <laughs> yeah. So so Bible's just to remind great. you, this is about tea. Mm-hmm. I've been uh, wondering when we're getting back to sleep. This is the tea. book that Mo Siegel was reading before he walked up the mountain. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Remember, before Mo he walked up the mountain. What mountain? The okay. mountain to find the herbs. In the beginning, he was in Colorado. Mo was wandering around Colorado, stealing people's uh, wait, flowers you, and herbs. You Tarantino'd us. Yes. Oh my gosh! I thought that the book came out after. No. Oh my God! So Mo, Mo, was, Mo was listening to this podcast yeah. while I was wandering through the woods. Now remember, Mo I also said fourteen right now. Remember how there was a guy named Wick? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Wick's brother John was also a founder. John oh, Wick. In the oh my God! It just dawned on me. John and Wick. John no, John and Wick. Wick. Oh. <laughs> I just dawned on me that, that John was a founder in the foundation. No, no, no. So, so. Mo, okay, and John Hay, yep, who is Wick Hay's brother. Got it. They get super into this book, the Urantia book, mm-hmm. and they incorporate elements of it into running the company as they set it up. "Quote: Mo and John used it as a guiding principle and continually quoted from the Urantia book," said ex-employee Caroline McDougal. This is from a 2016 expose by Megan Giller. 
and the now defunct publication Van Winkle. There was a pu- publication called Van Winkle. Yes, like um, Rip Van Winkle, yep. which is about sleep problems. Wait, okay, yes, exactly. Yep. But are you telling me that theoretically the sleepy bear that's on the cover of the box is the sleeping man? <gasps> there is, there has been some things about that. Holy shit! Yes. Um. So. This article really lays out a lemur. (laughs) This article really lays out a lot of like really crazy shit about the book, Mm -hmm. including that it's extremely racist. Okay. Okay. Um, The book claims that Lucifer, Satan, Melchizedek, Adam, Eve, and Jesus themselves are all extraterrestrial aliens that visit Earth. Okay. And that Earth was originally made of a hierarchy of six races. Mm, Um, I don't like where this is going. They were ordered in superiority. There it is. Starting at red. All right. Uh, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and indigo. Okay, there's a couple colors there yep. that we don't really see. Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, it further states that Adam and Eve were fair-skinned, blue-eyed aliens oh. who were sent to Earth to eliminate the inferior races and create one purified race, one language, and one religion. Oh, no. Uh, w- wait. So Adam and Eve weren't human. Adam and Eve were not human. And these races were all descended from lemurs? Yes. I, I think. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> okay. It's a little confusing. Their cosmology is no, a they, bit confusing. Because here's the thing. They believe uh-huh. Urantia Group and William Sadler. Sure. Remember, because sure. he's the one who actually wrote all this. Well, mm-hmm. the sleepy guy. The sleepy guy through William Sadler wrote all this and published it. Okay. William Sadler believes heavily in evolution because he's a scientist. Sure, sure. He also believes heavily in Seventh-day Adventism. Mm-hmm. But he hates the leader of Seventh-day Adventism right. because they excommunicated the man who invented cornflakes. <laughs> yeah. When yeah. I put it like that, it sounds kind of dumb, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So as this man is talking to Sigmund Freud, uh-huh. he decides... <laughs> Oh, he meets Sigmund Freud? Oh, he met Sigmund Freud of okay. quite a few right, times. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, so he, as he was going through this, he believes that um, there are different, that there were different religion, like different races, and that we've wiped them out. And so that there was, were purple and indigo people. Yes. But Adam and Eve, through eugenics, yes. right. wiped them out. Because he says, and I quote, eugenics is a way to correct this error. Wow. So wait, are you saying that the blue lives were gone? I'm saying that in his world, the blue lives matter the most uh, because weirdly in here, I can't find it right here, but there was something about about the how, why they're supposed to – the color coding works like reverse um, Avatar The Last Airbender. Okay. Where it's like blue is actually white. I'm trying to find it. I had it. I thought I had saved wow, it in here. you think you would have done his research. I did do my research. You think you would have. But like, see, here, here's, a, here's a line. I per know. the text, evil in the form of illness and disease exists because unfit people like, quote, Australian natives and the Bushmans and Pygmies of Africa, oh my Whoa, God. these Jesus. miserable remnants of the non-social people of ancient times haven't been eliminated. <laughs> That's a direct quote from the Urantia book. 
Okay, wow. so this is not another direct quote is eugenics cool is a way to correct this error. Don't oh remix this book. I've uh, decided no. you should not no. remix One this book. One person stated that um, this is the most racist textbook they've ever read. <laughs> what, were you that person? It was not me. Um, hold on. Maybe this is the one. Now, the other really funny part about the book okay. um, is that the like most of it is actually uh, a huge chunk of the book. Like uh-huh. a giant chunk of the book plagiarized. Um, like, from where? I thought the guy's dreams? No, it's plagiarized from other books from the 1920s and 30s. Okay. And was the guy <laughs> just writing stuff down from okay. books? So do you want to hear the craziest? <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah, do you want to know who the guy is? Yeah. yeah. Because someone figured out who the guy is. Oh, okay. shut up. They found the sleepy guy. Yeah. Uh, so this man whose name is... Hold on. I blew right past it. Let me go right back to it. Uh, the author of uh, the author of Urantia, the great cult mystery. His name is Martin Gardner. He believes that the sleeping subject was, drumroll please, mm-hmm. Wilfred Custer Kellogg. Another Kellogg? Yes. Wait, believes the first. This is the other brother? No. No, this is like okay. a grandpa. This is no, like a grandpa. This is Kellogg. a totally new Kellogg you've never oh heard of. Oh my God. They believe that Sadler had been duped by so many Chandlers in the past, most notably the founder of Seventh day Adventism. Mm-hmm. But then his brother in law started doing this weird alien shit. Uh-huh. And Sadler didn't want to get publicly duped again but wanted to believe in something. Uh-huh. So the brother, his brother-in-law created this alien bullshit. Okay. So he, though, this new Kellogg we've just been introduced to yes. is Lena's uncle or something? Lena, it's like Lena's like stepbrother or something weird. Like there's like some weird, so, the Kellogg family's huge. Yeah. So somewhere in there, there's a relation. It was hard to tell because... Again, when they describe Lena, they describe it as John's niece, not the other guy's niece. So I yeah. don't know like how the marriage quite works uh-huh. and like how it's so in there. So Lena set up her husband is what I'm hearing. So right, like uh, William has been getting so annoying. He will like, not stop quoting Freud at me. Okay, hear me out. Okay. Which of our cousins hasn't he met? Oh, smart. Wilfred. Wilfred. Yeah. Oh, okay. Here, is Wilfred okay. any good at writing? I mean, he doesn't have to make it up. We could just copy it down from a I bunch of other books. I hear he thrashes in his sleep. Oh. <laughs> I hear he's a thrasher. Yeah. Great. So the uh, <laughs> so yeah. So the book is is completely from a combination of Wilfred mm-hmm. and then either Wilfred himself, or because William Sadler is becoming so well known, he has this yeah. group. Every Sunday, he's having tens of people over. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Listen to this new smart thing the alien said. He's copying it directly from all of these books. And okay. if you want to know more about this, go to UrantiaBookSources.com, which is a which is a actual website that is run by a man who actually believes in the Urantia book. Oh, no. And thinks he, that, even though he knows that that is fucking plagiarized. Perfect. Yeah. He's just like, this belief system is just too good. Well, he's going through and he's like, no, these books prove. Oh, my God. These books prove that the aliens are right. Okay. So they've been seeding all of our books. Yes. All of our books. It's this weird, like, reverse Uh thing that happens with it. Um, Okay, wait. I just looked this up. Apparently, lemurs, right, to go back to this. Until shortly after humans arrived on the island where lemurs are, uh, Madagascar, um, 
uh, around 2,000 years ago, there were lemurs that were as large as male gorillas. So oh. maybe, oh. maybe we are from lemurs if they were that big back then. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't remember them in the movie Madagascar. They're literally the entire movie. A giant lemur? No, this is like the king lemur. No, no, they weren't giant in the movie. They were cute and little. Okay, yeah. And silly. That's the ones I remember. Yeah, they're kind of at the zoo, too. Yeah. Wait. Did oh, the here lemurs we go. die at the zoo? Was that the lemurs? Huh? Was it the lemurs that died? No, that was the... Oh, you're talking about the Philadelphia Zoo. Yeah. It was not the lemurs. I think that was the prairie dogs. The prairie dogs? Oh, Did you hear about that? No. Yeah. Like a whole like, the Philadelphia chunk of zoo. prairie dogs died because like they got marked with like a different type of ink on their neck. And then it turns out that that specific ink is deadly Did, to that specific oh animal. Oh, my God. Because of their size. And it's sucks. one that they've used on every Every animal. other animal. It's, oh like, a, it's like a paint dye. Yeah. Uh, we've brought it up repeatedly on the show. <laughs> you won't stop talking about it. It's, it hurt me. Okay. So here's, I'm here's, surprised I must not have heard that yeah. part. So I, I figured I found the, uh, the listing, the okay. hierarchy listing of okay. what it is. So this is from uh, Paper 51. Of the Urantia Okay, block. okay, paper 51. <clears throat> the earlier races are somewhat superior to the latter. The red man stands far above the indigo or black race. So indigo is actually black. Okay. Okay. Um, the Urantia book red says... Red race is... We're getting there. Okay. Each succeeding evolu- evolutionary manifestation of a distinct group of mortals represents variation at the expense of the original endowment. Furthermore, the yellow race usually enslaves the green, while the blue man, which is Caucasians, subdues the indigo black. Okay. I don't know what the green is. But again, it's one of these things is that it, are in if there. If you followed this, this idea all the way down the rabbit hole when uh-huh. it comes to like how they say you have to like uh, kill off people so that the race is the best. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you inevitably just be killing everybody older than you? You'd be killing like your grandparents just because you're like, you're not as racial superior. Like if you followed all the way down, aren't you killing everyone that's not yourself? Yeah. This whole thing's insane. Yeah. It's, this is again, this is a crazy racist man who loves, who named loves Wilford. what he named Wilfred and William who are sitting around with their insane, cornflake derided uh, eugenics programs running mm-hmm. it through their heads yep. and are trying to figure out a way to still spread eugenics while also not being overtly Nazis because mm-hmm. everyone just found out what eugenics does. Right. Got it. Because remember, he publishes this in 1950. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. After yeah. we know of the Holocaust. Hey. Jesus. So it's like the whole world finds out about the Holocaust and he went, shit. So I can't just uh, say that anymore. Should have just uh, did a book about words. enemas. Yep. You know? know? Do what you know. Just yep. Fucking right. Do what you know, dude. So this is basically what it says in book 51. Again, the book says the inferior and unfit are largely eliminated. It seems that you ought to be able to agree upon the biologic disfellowshipping of your more markedly unfit, defective, degenerate, and antisocial stocks. They want to basically wipe out anyone they consider degenerate or mentally unfit Mm -hmm. this process happens on every planet when adam and eve appear but on arantia i.e earth it didn't go according to plan adam and eve messed up so quote having failed to achieve race harmonization by the adamic technique the local universe section of the book tells us you must now work with your planetary problem of race improvement by other other and largely human methods of adaptation and control basically Y'all need to holocaust harder. Oh, wow. 
Um, so this is what they were reading what, before they went out and picked herbs. And then when they came home and were drying out those herbs to make little tea satchels, yes. this is what they were reading. And this is also really tied in with a lot of books that William himself had already written, including Longheads and Roundheads or What's the Matter with Germany oh, no. in 1918. <laughs> oh, no. Racial Decadence, an Examination of the Causes of Racial Degeneration in the United States, published oh. in 1922. Great, great. Okay. And his 1927 book, The Truth About Heredity. Oh, no. Yep. I don't like any of these books, and I will not be reading them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's it gets real fucking crazy and real fucking deep. It um, gets... It just yeah. keeps going. <laughs> okay. Now let's let's bring let's go back to what Mo was reading as he mm. was going up the book the, the mountain. So he yes, he was reading this book mm-hmm. and he was taking it all in. Now Mo himself is currently I don't know if he currently is, but at one point he was the president of the Urantia Foundation. Oh, so he really liked it. He read this and he was like, He's super yeah. been in this book the rest of his life. Yeah. Right. Now, okay. he became the president after he left Celestial Seasonings. Okay, because he had time. But then he, he had time now. Came back. No, that was in 91. Okay. In, to, in 2002, uh-huh. he retired as CEO and okay. he stayed retired. Okay. Now, I don't know if he, I didn't look into it. He could still be involved with like the board or something else. But it is has been said that on here, every now and then there is like random little lines about there's uh, one from leonardo da vinci on that one yeah exactly yes simplicity is the ultimate sophistication uh but yeah right here in 1969 we started picking herbs from the fields and forests of the rocky mountains and in the process we created america's very first herbal tea still blended in boulder by an expert blend master our uniquely delicious teas are made with the finest ingredients passion and inspiration Make sure indigo people don't come near your blue-eyed children. What the fuck? Oh, Whoa, no. that's on no, my peppermint tea. I no. didn't see that. Uh, now, Mo is not active on social media. Okay, because he's dead? No, he's still alive. Mo Siegel is... He's, Mo is still alive? Everyone involved with this lives for fucking ever. Remember, we had, a, we had a previous... like we Mo started us off, but then we went back in time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. Mo was right. Tarantino'd us. Yeah, we like, we yeah went okay, back so 69 yeah. isn't that long ago. 69 okay. is it. not that long ago, all right? It could be in our too, future, too, too, if you clo- play your cards shut right. Shut up, shut all right. up right now. So Mo, uh, Mo has published multiple argu- articles uh, in which he shows his support for eugenics. So... Great. Um, Still going hard. Yeah. So he co-authored a piece titled The 20 Most Asked Questions uh, About Urantia, which appeared on the group's website in 2015. He said that, quote, ignoring genetics was one of the factors preventing a de- disease-free world. Mm-hmm. Quote, at the present time, mankind loses about as much progress as it makes by ignoring eugenics. Mm-hmm. Mo Siegel wrote. I'm going to Google what he looks like. Quote, that'd be great. Throughout the ages, struggle and disease have destroyed weaker stocks and allowed only stronger stocks to survive and procreate. Civilization is reducing the purging effects of struggle and modern medicine is preserving weak and disease prone human stock to procreate, thereby creating a larger population of weaker and disease prone individuals to suffer such diseases. And you can trust me. I used to pick tea. Yes, basically. I googled a picture of him. He looks exactly how you think he would. Yeah. 
Yeah. Exactly. Although I do kind of want to see what he looked like when he was just like some kid picking teeth. Oh, back in like the 30s? I yeah. think I had a picture of him in Also, I think he wears a hairpiece and or hat. Oh, he definitely does. Or oh, had um, implants done. Yeah. 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 Implants feel really weird. So many years ago, I uh, was a shampoo person at a hair salon when I was like a teenager. And I would have to like wash people's hair, obviously, before they went and got their hair cut. And every once in a while, I'd have to shampoo a guy's hair that had hair plugs. And it felt so weird because you could feel the plugs in their scalp. Uh It felt like there was dried rice in their scalp. It was so weird. Like doll, like some dolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it felt like. And I was like so young i was like mm-hmm. 16 i was like whoa i didn't know what to do about it so so let me just add on a little disclaimer here at the oh, end at the oh, end yeah okay. no just a little bit which okay. is because this has been in almost every article i read about this and from what i can tell uh-huh. is the founder of this one of the founders of this company definitely involved with a alien book that teaches racist eugenics yes yes okay is the current company being run by him no no is anyone currently involved with the company have anything to do with this? No. So this has become distilled down to uh-huh. there's a weird cult that runs like tea. Runs tea. Yeah, it's been distilled D- like distilled tea. Like tea. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So this this company is steeped, if you will, oh, in the nice. mystery. There it is. Uh, a plus. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah. you. You should have hit yourself a button. Uh, yeah, you know what? You know what? Thank you. <laughs> nice. Thank you for reminding me. But uh, what I will say is that, you know, you can still drink this tea. It's one of those ones where it becomes whiffs right down the lane where you hear it's this big cult. Right. Because also at the same time, it actually doesn't seem like the Urantia cult is more than just a book publisher. He kind of looked like Stan yeah. Lee back in the yeah. day. Yeah. He, he looks had that like, mustache. What's and... his name? Uh, Dr. Grant from like Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah, yeah kind he does. of. Like if, if that guy was a real guy that yeah. this was based on, that's out what he in looks Colorado. like. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Um, He's but like, they're birds. Look at him. He's actually just picking flowers there. Yeah, no, that's what he did. He would just walk around and pick stuff, and he read this crazy You better book. get the fuck off my property, stealing my flowers. I'm oh, it's sure. okay. I'm super racist. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm pretty sure. I believe in racist oh. alien theory. Yeah, get off my property, herb Urantia? No, no well, shit. We here, love Urantia. Here. Here's the part that's crazy. Uh-huh. Oh, now we're getting crazy? Uh-huh. No, no, I think I'm pretty sure he was on public lands during all that. Uh, so that's not what your I mean. land. Oh, public it's land. Our land. Our land. From we pay for it in our taxes. Yeah. I don't actually know this song. Okay. 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 Wait, were you about to just hit us with something crazy? Oh no! It was just that was that was a bit. It's just that's how like you know rumors and urban legends and all that stuff mm. spread over time. Is as time progresses, it becomes distilled down to sleepy time tea is run by a cult. So we're still gonna be drinking sleepy time tea. Yeah, we can still drink Sleepy Time. Yeah. That's completely fine. Even though now I think this creepy sleepy bear is that creepy guy it who could was be hearing the sleeping aliens subject. while he was sleeping. You could actually have Tony the Tiger's creator cousin on the front of Sleepy Time Tea. Why don't we make that the rumor? Yeah. That this is actually Kellogg's. Just fuck oh. it up. So yeah. that's that's the question I have. So At the end of the day, it's all Kellogg's. Is, it's, all of America together? is just six companies. No, they're not. No. Officially, no. Okay. But the um, – oh, I remember what it was. One of the things, though, is is that whole thing about Jesus' teen years. Yeah. That's a big thing from the 60s, 70s, and into the 80s when you used to read a lot of comic books, and you yeah. still do. Yeah. Um, a lot of comic books, I remember there being – remember how there was, like, the send-away 
thing where they like in all the back, the, yeah, yeah, in yeah. the back, and it would be like for X-ray goggles or sure. to get the get, you know, that guy's gonna kick sand on me, Mexican learn how to be jumping big. beans, yeah, all that different. Now stuff. they're just called jumping beans, yeah. But there was, I remember there always being a little area that says find out about what Jesus's teen years were like. This is what they're hiding from you, and that was the Urantia book. Okay. Oh, so you guys ordered jumping beans and little sea monkeys, but you didn't remember to order the Urantia book. Yeah. I mean, that's what the thing is. Right. Is, wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh. We didn't remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, so, that's a real, you know what? That's a real like green person way of looking at things. I was just wow. going to say, that's so green. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it, it's interesting that green is the color of jealousy. Did you ever think about yeah. that? Yeah, wow. you know what? To me, it's the color of willpower. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, teaching fifty-one. What was it? Paper fifty-one. Paper fifty-one. Uh, dude, all the authors really say. lean on paper fifty. They were like, dude, paper fifty-one just gets real fucking racist. Yeah. But that a lot of people, when they really talk about the book, they usually lean on on book four, uh-huh. which is all the Jesus stuff. Mm. The other thing with it too is how you know it's bullshit. They rarely ever mention like any other religion. It's most of it is like, no, we just got Christianity wrong. They never bring up like Islam. They never bring up Buddhism. They bring up India because they claim that at one point Jesus went to India to hide from something. So he like he picked up some Indian ideas there and then came back in India. But he was hiding from like the Romans or some shit. Oh, like okay. he's like rhyme. You know, there's like this whole thing where some versions of the story when Jesus is 12, he goes to Egypt. Mm-hmm. Some versions he goes to India. Some ver- like again, it's empty, so you can just put in. He goes wherever. Yeah, he well, just what, goes to high school. Do they? Yeah, right. It's, it's like saying by the high. bill, Jesus and he's high. Zach Morris. Yeah, it's like time out. <laughs> he looks at the camera. It's like everyone freezes, and he's like, eh, "You may be wondering how did yeah. I get into this mess." Well, and the thing is, is when I heard when I remember reading in comic books about like here's his lost years. Yeah, I remember thinking, "Oh, this is like one of those." apocryphal scrolls yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like the, like the book of Enoch or one of those weird ones. So then when you find out that, no, this is actually a book that's so racist, it made the 1920s go, Jesus, dude, calm down. So what, what do you know about the, his teenage years from Urantia? Is there any like, I didn't find that you, much. You just went right to the eugenics part, huh? I, I kind you didn't of get, you didn't read us anything about his teen years. I kind of his first know, girlfriend. Right, like it, it wasn't clear. He, does, he like did a. He finally mastered the kickflip. Yeah, I can't find, really did do he go it. To theater camp. It's seven hundred and seventy-six <laughs> pages long. Okay, the whole Jesus part is the biggest part. Uh-huh. It is over seven hundred pages. I couldn't. Fi- Every time I found someone who was like a fifteen-minute summary on YouTube. It was the most boring voice I've ever. I start immediately yeah, fell happens. asleep. That immediately sure. happens it's, all the and time, and it's always from like seven or eight years ago. It's that early YouTube mm-hmm. like mm, sounds like how it got made. Um, do you think that when Jesus turned twenty one, he like made water and wine like crazy, and it was like such a fun party that they right, would talk right, about? Right, yeah. And then he had to like he made water into ninety nine banana then, shots. <laughs> and then he was like, "Oh, I've drank so much wine tonight. It's like my blood is wine." Yeah, <laughs> like it's just crazy. I'm gonna hold that thought for later. <laughs> uh-huh. That's what he said. Yeah, yeah. I'm on to something. I really wish I thought we were gonna get. I'm not gonna lie. With how much there that is pushed, like in the ads, is mm-hmm. oh, Teen Jesus. Like they really lean on. You're going to get teen Jesus. And like at that time, everything was teens. Yeah. Like in the comics specifically, like there was yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, every, like it was just like, ah, skateboards. Like it was before yeah. Pokemon. 
So they just said skateboards instead of Pokemon. It's on point. That changed. Rollerblade. Like, Big in yeah. rollerblading now. Yeah. It's back now because of the Barbie movie. Maybe he was like hoop and stick or something. At yeah, the hoop time. and stick. Jesus was big into hoop and stick. What are you doing over there? I'm looking to see if there's if anything that's jumping anything out. Anything about, anything about Teen Jesus? I, I appreciate that. I really no, I am. I'm looking over like, it. There was like his voice cracked, but like it sounded like God. Oh my you know God! I mean? Puberty. Did he get hit with puberty like a like, like a, a fucking truck? Yeah, yeah. like he because was just his like... voice cracked, but it sounded like the echo thing because right. it was like the <laughs> yeah. voice of God. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it. And then he was just like, uh, he just like, oh, uh, you can't do that in here. <laughs> uh, Dad, the other day I was, uh, it was just like you know, ba- bathing for the year, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I uh, noticed uh, I, I got all these weird hairs, and I don't know, yeah. what, I don't know what the deal is. Yeah, with that. I was gonna no, I'm not gonna do that. Don't joke. do it. Don't do no, it. No, I had a joke about stigmata and I don't a teenager, think and it wasn't gonna work no, well. No. That's gonna be. Too I was dark. like, you know what? That's old Perlman. It also doesn't make sense. I know. Like, and that was the part that I know. I know it yeah. really got me because I was like, yeah, the, the continuity isn't holding up. Right. Um. So that's my episode. I got into like, like a it. weird kind of music. Yeah, but oh yeah, definitely got into a weird like maybe like emo phase because he knew yeah. he had to die for humanity soon. Sure, so he sure, of course had to swoop sure. his hair and wear eyeliner like because he's like I got emotion. Yeah. Like, I don't even Take want to do these this. fucking wings. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear him. I can hear him already. Just <laughs> when I was a young Jesus, <laughs> my father he told me to be forsaken. For the sins of man. And I'm just like, I don't care about that stuff. Actually, I'm just trying to work on this kickflip. I can't land it. I, one of the things, though, is... He I, probably made it himself as I was skateboard. Oh, See, yeah, because his dad's a carpenter. Exactly. He made his one, own one of the things as I was scrolling through this thing is is they actually say that like the crucifixion, not for atonement, it's just some bullshit that happens. Because they're like, no, Jesus is an alien. Like They really lean in this whole Jesus uh-huh. is an alien thing. Yeah, an thing. alien got murdered by the cops. Yeah, basically. Is he was supposed mm. to show up. In, in, in the Orantia book is, is a lot of it is... It's supposed to be better, but we keep fucking up. Oh, right. yeah. It's right. a lot of that. Right. Uh, which the protagonist that, really lost the plot on this just, one. Yeah. We just we don't do enough cleaning our buttholes out. Yeah. Like, it's just like yeah. We, really. Just yeah. Enemas are for everybody. Honestly. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's just like so like going to to Joseph. Like you're not my real dad. Yeah. <laughs> my real dad's really cool, and he's gonna visit me on my birthday. Also, I like the idea of, like, Jesus being a teenager who gets into, like, rom-com scenarios. Almost like um, the Goonies. Like, he goes on little silly adventures. Some oh, pirate ships. Yeah. I do so, love he's a Goonie, 100%. Like, he's a Goonie, just, right? So we're his, we're not going to play a bumper this time. His Name Was Dusk is going to play us off. But before we go, mm-hmm. uh, if you want to follow His Name Was Dusk, it's at His Name Was Dusk on everything, right? Like to, um, uh, on, Instagram? Yeah, on Instagram and on um, threads. That's, on threads? Oh, okay. That's basically what I'm on. Okay, right yeah. Nice. Yeah, and Mrs. Pearlmania. This I'm on the Instagram. Mania 500. It's a book club Instagram. You can, I post the books I'm reading, and sometimes I post silly stuff about libraries. Yeah. And it's a good time. And uh, his name was Dusk. We'll be back on a very, very future episode. Uh, We're just going to leave it at that. It's very, very far off in the very, very far distance. Uh, With that, his name is Dusk. Go ahead and take it away. I am going to real quick check if I'm in tune. (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, I'm not going to edit it. Now we're all just going to listen to the tuning.
I'm not editing. Listen. That's fine. Do you want Echo? Did Jesus go to prom, you think? Um, oh, my God. It's probably such a funny prom. Oh, my God. Can you? So, okay. I, he probably went stag. Yeah. Right? Or, like, do you think, um, like, Jesus was, like, a nerd and he was wearing glasses, but then he took his glasses off and he was like, oh, my God, he's so handsome. And he let his hair down. And he let his ponytail down. he had the long hair. Yeah. yeah. I, I, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're lot, I can just see him be like, everyone just keeps telling me I'm prettier when I smile. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go ahead and get it. Okay. Uh, it's a little thematic. On a backwater planet, don't know the name of because some company wrote it off. You can find meat to the garbage, smack dab in the center, a little goblin who don't know he's lost. And he'll give you a haircut and the shirt right off his back Cause he really doesn't know how it spends And I know that he's out there and I do have a ship But I already know how it ends For a long time it's just been me and Daisy it's made her weird Probably made me crazy We're fine alone But I reckon maybe it's time That I let someone in Docked at Silver Wing Station And Sylvia's office And I can tell that there's something I've missed Cause she swears she ain't angry And her smile it doesn't shift can't help but thinking she's pissed And I know that she's only got the best of intentions And I know that I am in her debt Cause she gave me a paycheck which I've already spent And I can't really tell you where it went for a long time, it's just been me and Daisy. It's made her weird. It's definitely made me crazy. We're fine alone. But I reckon maybe it's time that I let someone in. Man, I had a good thing going. I can't seem to get anything right. There ain't no shame in slowing down When there ain't no end in sight For a long time It's just been me and Daisy It's made her weird It's definitely made me crazy We're fine alone But I reckon maybe it's time That I let someone in Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. 
From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.